people with birthdays. All right, so we're going to dive right in. Um, I'm, we're not going to have a long message today, I, hopefully. When I say that to Kyle Riker, he always goes, yeah, right, we'll see, because <laughs> sometimes I can just keep going. But I love what um, Kendrian and Lauren saying, kind of the spontaneous stuff that we, before we started into worship, where they said, you, you don't know the words, and they're back there frantically typing the words so that you guys could sing along. <laughs> Those are spontaneous worship times. And it was so, I, I was back there worshiping, I'm like, oh, Lord, you're so good. You, have you ever done anything where you're like, oh, the Lord just kind of mirrors or mimics what you're doing, and it's kind of that affirmation that, hey, you're on the right road, right? Well, the all eyes on Jesus, all eyes on him, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Where's your focus? Where's your attention? Um, when, when you think of sports, anyone ever play sports before? Anyone bowl? Ever bowl? <laughs> I'm going to go to bowling because I bowl. I like to bowl. I haven't bowled in forever. But if you're looking over here and bowling this way, are you going to hit anything? No, because where your eyes are is where the ball's going to go. Don't say, yes, Landon, that was a lie. <laughs> it's not true. But when you pitch or when you throw a ball, the coach always says, keep your eyes on where you're wanting to throw it, right? Where you want it to land. And that's kind of how our walk is. We have to have our eyes drawn to where we want to be, not where we are right now, right? Our vision always needs to be on the end goal, which is making it to heaven, right? Is to being with Jesus, our eternal reward. But so often we get distracted with the things around us. And, and God talks to us about that and what we should do. Rick and I lately have been talking a lot about end times. He's, uh, he called me this week. He's like, oh my gosh, Jen, the weight is heavy. Like, I feel like we're near the end. And, I, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But as we get into the end times, the pressure, the warfare, the distractions, all of that is going to magnify. It's, I'm going to be very honest with you. It's not going to get easier. You're not going to find the perfect spouse, and then life is going to become just a bed of flowers and everything is wonderful. That's not life, okay? And with the end times, the darker it gets, the harder it gets. So we need to run our race constantly. We need to run it um, fervently. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus because the enemy wants to distract with the things around you. So I was reading in Luke 12 this week when I was talking to the Lord. I'm like, hey, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And I'm just going to read this. Let me see how much I want to read. I'm going to read from Luke 12, it's um, verse 22, and I'm just going to keep going until I feel like he's kind of ended his conversation. So before that, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people, and he's giving them warnings and encouragements. He's telling them the parable of the rich fool. Then he comes into do not worry. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. 
For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And it was funny, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, gosh, that, that parallels the, um, in Hebrews where it talks about to run the race, right? It's like he was mimicking Jesus' words, but just in a different way, saying, God, don't worry about the things around you. Run the race. Get to the end game. Worry about kingdom stuff, not earthly things. And it's so important. So Hebrews 12, 1 through, it's like 1b through 3 says this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Anyone here ever grow weary? I'm going to be honest, I do. If you haven't grown weary in your walk, you might just still be in the new side of your walk. Because there are times where I come here on a Saturday or I come on a Sunday and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, I've been so busy either encouraging other racers or getting the, the, the raceway ready, making sure everything's set up and there's water on the sidelines and all this is going on. And I forget that I'm in a race too. I forget that I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. Because if I don't, I'm going to be no good to any of you. I'm going to be no good to anybody, my family included. So he says, fix your eyes on Jesus so that you don't grow weary. There's a key in there. So I have a question. Are you running with intentionality? With your eyes on, the, on Jesus at the end of the race? Or are you just running? Because... When I picture that, if I picture I'm just running, I f- picture Phoebe running. Anyone watch runs? <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing if you're running like Phoebe, there's no real intentionality of the end game. Right? Or are you running in panic? I do that sometimes. Like I'm just running. I'm just in a frantic running state. Well, that's not going to be good for you in the, in the long run. You won't be able to sustain that. Or are you just strolling along? And it's really not that important. And you may or may not finish the race that God intended for you. So what happens when we're running the race? What distracts us? These are just some of the things. I thought there's other racers, right? You're running this race. Well, look around you. All the people in here are also running the race. They can be an encouragement and they can be a distraction. You have hurdles. The obstacles in your life while you're running this race, you have hurdles that you need to go over. You can start looking at the environment around you going, oh gosh, really hot out. I don't want to run this race. Or I'm freezing. You start thinking about your own self, your flesh, your body, and that can interfere with your race. Well, I feel this. Oh, I hurt my knee. Or oh, my ankle hurts. I twisted my ankle. You can think of all the things, that, and that's just your flesh crying out. But the same can be said in your walk. What happens when your flesh cries out? Do you crucify it or do you enable it? and coddle it because we're called to crucify our flesh are you on a path that helps you or hurts you have you ever checked the condition of the path that you're running on your environment matters 
who you hang out with matters. That can impact your race. Another question for you, are you running with weights attached? Hebrews 12.1, the very first part of that, says lay aside the sin in the environment that ensnares. The word weights is kind of saying your incorrect attitudes or actions. Those are going to inhibit your race if you're thinking wrongly about God, if you don't know your identity in Christ. <clears throat> Rick Renner puts it this way. If God admonished, if God's admonition, I can read this morning, <laughs> to lay aside every weight applies to you, then obey him and make a break from that unhealthy environment. Perhaps old friends, old places, or wrong believing are trying to exert a bad influence on you, and you're not resisting that influence too well. If that's the case, get out of there. For you, that environment is sin if it keeps you from fulfilling your potential in Jesus Christ. Don't think you can dabble in an environment that's pulling you from the Lord. Eventually, you will be pulled from the Lord, and you'll step out of the race. I've had um, an example in my own life when I was in, around most of your ages, later 20s than most of you guys. Um, I was here at this church, and that's when God really started moving in my life. And he was calling me to serve more. He was calling me to be more involved. I, we had three services. I was here for all three services. I was on the worship team. I was we were helping in kids. Like I had a list of things that I was involved in. And it was God. God was saying, this is your home. This is where I want you right now. Well, I had a, a good girlfriend of mine who I would see on a daily basis. We would hang out at night with her family, and we would talk for hours. And so she was probably the closest person to me in my life at that time, outside of my family, obviously. And she started to challenge me and say, well, you don't need to do that much for God. You're kind of going overboard. You're, this is extreme. And I'm like, wait, what? And I was spending quiet time with the Lord. I was in prayer. And I felt the Lord, and this was a friend I'd had for 13 years like that. This was a very close friend. And I felt him say, you're not going to go where I'm calling you if you maintain that friendship that deeply. And I had to make the decision to say, okay. And I would step, I stepped back from the friendship, and I wouldn't be where I am now had I chosen her over him. So we need to check our environment, check the people who are running the race beside you. It's important. When speaking of weights, when your eyes are on the prize, you strip off any hindrance, right? Think of the, Olympic, the Olympics right now, all of those athletes. If you saw one of them line up to do the hurdle race with a bunch of weights attached to them, what would, you'd be like, what are you doing, right? You'd be saying, I don't understand. And that's sometimes when you have a stronger believing Christian say something to you about your walk or about something in your life, that's them saying, well, what are you doing? You're running this race with all this extra weight on you. Don't do that. Or, hey, you're kind of off the track. Get on the track. It's much easier to run there. So look at, I often, look, or I was thinking this week about the Olympics and athletes and saying, what would they do? Like, you look at, like, swimmers, right? They wear, you know, skin tight, so the water just flies by them. They shave their legs. Like, they, they make it so they're streamlined. 
Is your walk streamlined? Are there things in your life that you're not willing to let go of, but it's like a dragging weight behind you in this, in this race? Anyone ever do the tire sprints? God, I hate those things. My husband used to make me do those in our court, nonetheless, with neighbors going, what are they doing? But it's like that. If you're running to win a race, you're not running with tires attached to you. But are you in your walk? When you remove your focus from the race set before you in the eternal, in the eternal prize that's in front of you, your eyes can cause you to stumble. You can look at Mark 9.47. So what motivates you? Everybody has motivations, whether they want to admit it or not, right? If you think about it, if you're one that, I, I just need to look good, my body's got to look good, i got to feel like my clothes fits me nice, and I want to show everybody my, how well I exercise, then your motivation is your flesh. Your motiv you're saying, this motivates me to diet, to exercise, to make sure everything looks good on my body. If, that's, if your purpose is to draw attention to yourself physically, that's your motivation. If sounding intelligent motivates you, you're going to be one that studies and reads, and I have to have an answer for everybody, and I have to, my, my brain is my power. So that's what motivates you. Maybe it's fame. I want to be famous. So what motivates you? I think what happens in our walk, we forget that our motivation needs to be Jesus. Our motivation needs to be that he died on the cross for us. Our motivation needs to be that he loves us so dearly. I think if we, if we pause daily to remember how much he loves us, running the race becomes easy, right? Running the race becomes, oh my gosh, look at, there is the, the God-made flesh who loves me so dearly. How quick, how powerfully can I run towards him? Nothing else matters. When our eyes are focused on our eternal home and are focused on Jesus, we have less fear. We, we were in small groups a couple weeks ago, and I used the example of a quarter, so I meant to bring one up. I did not have one. But imagine you have a quarter, your problems, whatever you, you want to focus on. The closer that is to your attention, the more of your time it takes up, the more of your vision, right? I can't see my race. I can't see Jesus if I have i got to have a job. i got to have that spouse. I have to X, Y, and Z. I have to do it, all this right. If that's my focus and that's taking up everything, I can't see anything else. I can't see the people around me. I can't see where God wants me to go. But the more I pull it into perspective, okay, well, wait. And it looks super big, right? If you put a quarter right next to your eye, it looks massive because it's right next to your eye. <laughs> But the more you pull it away from your eye, oh, that's really not that big. Now I can focus on what's needed. When we focus on our eternal home, it enables us to walk on a narrow path. The Bible talks a lot about, Jesus talked about, the path to him is narrow. The path is not broad if you're following Jesus, for those that don't know. <laughs> It is a very narrow path. But have you noticed that the more you focus on something down the road, the na more narrow your path becomes? If I'm just broadly looking at this, I'm like, oh, my path is this whole sanctuary. 
But if I'm like, nope, I want to make it to that little white square above that white box back there, my, my focus becomes very narrow. I'm not concerned with the things around me. I'm concerned with getting to that point. So it's important that we're looking ahead and looking to God. Um, it helps us through our troubles when we focus our attention there. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18 says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Isn't that weird? I didn't realize it until I just read it out loud to you guys. We're to fix our eyes on something unseen. Does that sound counterintuitive to you? But that's, that's what he's asking us to do. It's a supernatural thing that we need the Holy Spirit's guidance for. Saying, Lord, my eyes see all this. It's just, I can't help it. I have vision. Unless I'm blind, I'm going to see it. But he's saying, I want you to supernaturally see what is unseen. I want you to focus and fix your eyes on something that is unseen. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. So what are the other people in your race? Because God does put people in your life, and there are people on the, on the race course, so to speak, with you. Sometimes he puts people that are further ahead than you. We've talked about this before, finding mentors that are further on the race, because they might say, hey, there's a pothole coming up, or this hurdle's higher than you think it is. Watch out. Or the, the race is going to take a sharp left turn. Be careful that you are watching exactly where it goes. Philippians 3.17 says this, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So he's saying it's, sometimes it's hard to see the unseen, so God will put people in your life that you can physically see to follow down that raceway. Because sometimes the raceway becomes unclear. Sometimes seeing the end game becomes unclear. He puts people in your life so that you know, he, you, he can share with you and say you're not alone. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you want encouragement? You have a whole bunch of people that already ran the race. Read Hebrews 11. You got faith monsters in there. They're awesome. If they can do it, you're, they're people. You're people. He put people in your race and in your life to encourage you. 1 Thessalonians says this, 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So what kind of person are you? Are you running the race with your eyes on the prize? Are you comparing yourself negatively to other runners? Going, oh, I can't do what they can do, so I'm going to just sit it out. Or I'll just walk. I'm not a runner. I'm, in general, in life, I'm like, I'd more be like, you go ahead. <laughs> runner's high is not a thing. Uh, but in spiritual running, um, I say we, go, we do it. And there is, a, there is a runner's high there. It's called the Holy Spirit filling you up. Are you encouraging other runners or are you putting weights on them? Sometimes unintentionally. I think we put weights on other people unintentionally a lot of times. But we need to be careful with that. God's called you to run a race. A race that he's designed for you. That race isn't for everybody. He, he has graced other people differently. And so your job is to encourage them in the race God designed for them, not expect them to run the race that you're on. 
Or are you on the sidelines just watching? Like I said, we're all, we all have integral parts, whether it's our own race or in someone else's race. I was thinking this morning, gosh, Lord, I, think of, I was thinking of myself as a coach, like, okay, yeah, your form's looking good. You got to do it this way, though. And, and again, that can, then I don't want to neglect my own running, right? I don't want to neglect my own race. But we're to be giving other people water on their race. Hey, here's some water. Keep going. That's the encouragement. Guess what this is called? It's God's living water, right? Encourage them with scripture. Refresh them on their run. So why don't we run with focus? I think one reason is that we haven't invited the Holy Spirit into our run. We think that we're supposed to run it on our own. And on our own strength, on our own intelligence, on our own everything. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. It's... Like I said, fix your eyes on something unseen. That's not possible without God's guidance. So invite the Holy Spirit into your race every single day. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we forget how much God loves us. I think we forget because we're so absorbed with this world that we have a, we're not from here. If you believe in Jesus Christ, this is not your home. Yet we have become very comfortable in this environment as our home. We're foreigners here. Heaven is our home. When we get our eyes focused on heaven is my home, heaven can say it over and over every day. Heaven is my home. This is not my home. Heaven is my home. When I do that, then I'm like, okay, then, then Lord, what do you want me to do from here until there? Because you have me here for a purpose. Clearly, I'm just visiting. What's my task, Lord? We should be asking him that every day. It's not a strain to run the race when you understand the love of Jesus. When your eyes are focused on the beauty of who he is and how much he loves you, you run towards him with joy and hope. I want to encourage you. Jesus has already gone before you. Do you know he ran his own race too? He was a visitor here. And he ran the race that God had set before him, including dying on the cross for you. Quitting is not an option. I think that's one of the things Jason and I talk about the most. We don't want any of you to get weary to the point where you quit the race. That's why we want your eyes focused on his love for you. You need to make a determined decision that you're going to stay in the race. You need to have friends in your life that are going to encourage you to stay in the race. And ultimately, you just need to start running. You might look like Phoebe at first, and that's totally fine. But then once you start running, the Holy Spirit will fill you, and you'll run the race that God has marked out for you. He'll give you momentum, too, and speed that you never knew you had, strength that you never knew you had, power to overcome obstacles and those hurdles in your life. Wisdom and knowledge to know when the, when the course might change or when the course might shift or when the storms might come. So keep your eyes focused on him and let's run the race together. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to go into another time of worship with one song and then we'll be hanging out. So let's bow our heads before the Lord. 
Father God, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, we ask right now in Jesus' name that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. That you would give us the strength and the endurance to run the race that you've set out before us, Lord God. That we could see the love that you have for us, Lord. That we would feel your presence, Lord. That we would feel your encouragement. That we would encourage other believers around us, Lord, to keep running the race. Lord, I ask that you would help us to identify any weights that we've been carrying. Weights of our flesh, weights of our environment, weights of potential friends, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, remind us that we're to focus on the unseen, Lord God, not the things around us. Help us to cast those off of us. Oh, Lord, we desire to be pleasing to you. Create in us clean hearts today. We surrender this time to you, Lord. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name. We're just going to give you some space with the music playing lightly while you guys can just spend time with the Lord before we stand to worship and ask him about the weights that might be in your life. Ask him for more endurance, whatever you need in this race right now, Larka. Just ask them. <laughs> 